And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Sonny, and I'm coming up on the show a little bit later, going to talk about anger and anxiety in life that we experience, how can we overcome it. Also going to talk about veterans, and I know Veterans Day is far off in November and Memorial Day is in May, but it's never too late nor too often to think about veterans. So we're going to talk about that. But to start off, parents, the question is to you, how active in your child's education are you? Are you somebody who takes a proactive approach to your child's education? Or do you just drop your student off and then pick them up? And that's the extent of it, especially nowadays with no homework, Students aren't bringing anything from school home except perhaps an art project or two. Do you really know what's going on? Do you really know what your teacher is like? What type of teacher do you expect your students to have, your child to have? Is it somebody who is a teacher of the year candidate? Do you know if your teacher has an OnlyFans account, like we've discussed before with a couple of teachers in Missouri, for example? That may or may not matter to you, but does it affect your child's education? Because something they're doing, whatever it is, is distracting your teacher from their educational job. Maybe they're focused on their extracurricular activity. Is your teacher, does your teacher know your name? Know that this particular student is your child. Do you show up? Do you volunteer? And if you do, what type of teacher do you see? And would you be horrified? Would you object if you had a teacher like this? Hi, my name is Elizabeth Halsey. Any questions? Hi, I'm Sasha's mother. I'm a little concerned at the importance you're placing on movies. I was just wondering what your plans were for the state test. Listen, the school hired me because I'm amazing at what I do. I use movies as one of my tools, but I also use a variety of other multimedia techniques. Listen, I could take you day by day through my entire syllabus, but that's just not how I do things. So, that's my spiel. As the Jews say, please help yourself to some delicious snacks and drinks in the back. Class dismissed. Now, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. And obviously it's a comedy, not really intentional, but there are, there are a lot of teachers that are really just checked out. And so parents, are you aware of that? But just how important is it for parents to be involved in your child's education? If you were to guess let's just go a scale from one to five do you think five most important is it four really important but still i have as a parent enough to do that i don't really need to do much or is it a one well no it's up to the school and the teacher to educate my kid that's why i send them to school if you're a homeschool parent you're probably at a 10 It's all about you. It just depends, right? Well, here is a comment 
about just how important parental involvement is. Now, it does discuss lower education like nursery school, preschool. That is the primary focus of this next clip. But if you replace nursery school, preschool with whatever school, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, let's not forget college students, they still need the support and help of parents, even though we kick them off into the world. But you'll see just how important a parent's role is in their child's education. Research recognizes the critical role played by parents in their children's learning. When parents are involved in the children's education, the children are more likely to have better educational outcomes. However, a lot of research shows that the parental involvement levels are not as high as they could be, especially at the preschool and nursery level. My research involved me talking to many parents of preschool children over the past few years, and the findings show that parents are much more likely to get involved in their children's education when they feel welcome and when their voice is heard by the nursery. My research also highlights the importance of listening to parents and identifying their interests For example, nurseries can identify parental interests through a survey and then use that to develop a parental engagement plan. They can also choose a topic and identify the best time and day to deliver specific activities by talking to parents, as it is much more likely that parents will engage when they find the topic interesting and when they don't have to take time off work. Those nurseries that listen to parents and make them feel appreciated and welcome when visiting are much more likely to successfully involve them as well. This will help to create a circle around the child that will help the child to develop and flourish. So the key is for teachers and practitioners to build good relationship with parents and to keep reminding them that they do matter. See, it's a partnership between the parent and the school. Now, understand that in today's society, in today's political world, There are people that want to keep parents out of schools. In fact, the prior governor of Virginia, Terry McAuliffe, in a debate with Yunkin back in the last election, said that he wants to keep parents out of school and he'd do whatever he could. Now, he lost on that, but there's still that sentiment of keeping parents. And it's particularly the unions and some of these liberal ideology pushers that want to keep parents out of school. How many times do you read about transgender ideology and gender ideology and how parents, whether or not they're notified by the school based on what their child says at school, should the parents notify or be notified? Should the school notify the parents? And there's a lot of back and forth on just how much involvement parents should have in their kids during the school days. And do the kids belong to the parents or do they belong to the schools? Now, according to that clip, it's very important. In fact, it said research shows the importance parental involvement is. It's very crucial, very key to a child's educational success. Obviously, it's very key and crucial to a child's life, period, to have the parents involved. We all know that when a parent is absent, it affects the child. But that's also the case. You can have a very active and a very involved parent in other aspects of life, But if you're not involved in the educational aspect of your child's life, you're still going to, your child is still going to miss out. You're going to miss out. And so you have to be involved in one way or another. 
Remember the old days when you had to bring your report card home and get it signed and take it back? Do they even do report cards anymore? Do they even do grades anymore? How do we know if a child is even improving? So the parental role is very key. Parents that don't do their job in that area, their kids suffer. But the research also went on to say that parents need to feel welcomed, not just accepted or tolerated, but welcomed into the classroom. Their voices need to be heard. Their parents' interests need to be heard. And again, you can go back to Terry McAuliffe talking about how parents don't need to be involved in school because they're school boards. School boards then can implement curriculum. Well, school boards is just a political entity. That's all it is. They don't care about the kids. How many times have we seen it over and over again? School boards kicking parents out of meetings, cutting off parents during public comment time, the time that's supposed to be set aside for the public to comment. They're cutting it off, calling parents domestic terrorists. And you could go look it up if you don't believe me. If you've been blinded by your ideology and you don't believe it, then of course you're going to dismiss it. But if you sit there and you're honest and you're open and you really truly care about your child and its education, then yeah, you'll see that that is out there. But focusing on your child's education, being involved, making sure you know what's going on. And sure, there are a lot of schools, a lot of school districts across the country, a lot of places that are doing very good as far as looking out for the child, the family, etc. It's not all across the country that you get this liberal ideology kicking parents out of schools. But it does exist, and if parents aren't aware, then what's going to happen? Well, it's going to continue to spread as more and more people move around the country for one. Mass exodus out of California, are they going to bring their liberal ideologies with them? And then two, you've got people getting elected into these key positions. What's that going to be like? But so it is important to be aware of what's going on. We've talked about it before on the show, the academic progress that is not being made, how students in America are failing. They're not proficient at grade level in reading, writing, science now at grade level. Testing, fourth grade, eighth grade, and beyond showing that kids are failing. In fact, some districts have zero kids reading or doing math at grade level. And it's about 50% across the board in this country. That's about half the kids in this country on the average, give or take, can't read or write or do math at grade level. And so parents, you need to be involved. You need to be involved in your child's education more so now than before because even though there are a tremendous amount of great teachers out there, there are some, like Ms. Halsey, that just don't care. They're in it for the paycheck. They're in it for a political ideology. They're in it because they have an agenda. Whatever it might be, it's out there. And your child is the one that's suffering from it. So again, how can you as a parent be involved in your child's education? Well, first and foremost is communicate. 
How can you communicate? Well, in this day and age, you've got technology, so you can send emails to start. You can attend your parent-teacher conference, actually make an appointment and show up. That would be a good way of doing it. You could address areas of improvement, areas of concern, uh, whatever. Just how is he doing socially? How is she mixing with her classmates? All kinds of different things like that. And you can have a better understanding of what your child's day is like by talking to your teacher. It could be informal. It could be formal. But again, it's important for you to be able to communicate with your teacher. And of course, the most formal way of doing that is at the parent-teacher conference. Maybe after school. Maybe you catch your teacher after school for a quick impromptu if they're available. But communication, showing up on days where you can maybe volunteer in the classroom or maybe volunteer for those special days, maybe field trips or whatever they do in class these days that have uh, parental involvement. You're actually there. Maybe you volunteer for after school a sports program or an after school art program or music program. Maybe you show up to those musical projects that they put on, those programs that they do at schools and art shows and some of those things that you as a parent may dread going to, but maybe you do it and have an opportunity to have an informal conversation just about the work of art that's hanging on the wall. That leads to information about how your child is doing. But there are many ways that you can communicate with your teacher, your kid's teacher. The other thing you can do is... uh you know, kind of foster an environment of learning at home. Oftentimes when a kid comes home from school, especially in today's day and age, you've got technology that runs rampant. So they come home from school and boom, they're right in front of technology. That whole idea of homework is out the window. Now, when I came growing up, I came home from school. I had homework I had to do. Probably a little excessive in hindsight. However, I really don't or can't knock it too much because it made me highly educated. I was able to learn a lot. Math, writing, reading, comprehension, the basics. I personally got it down. And that's not me bragging. That's because my parents put me in an educational situation that encouraged me to learn, that gave me extra work, that challenged me. And then they were there to help me along the way. They fostered a learning environment at home. It wasn't just do your homework and that's a go to your room and do your homework. It's like, let's sit down at the kitchen table. In fact, it was you come home, you get your after school snack, you sit down at the kitchen table and you're doing your homework and you're asking questions and they're able to help you until the math got too hard, which is very common for a lot of parents. And then by that time, hopefully they're in junior high and then it's up to the junior high math teacher, the senior high math teacher to figure it out because it's beyond us. But they're there fostering an environment of learning. And it was quiet. Now, there's different studies on whether music or TV, probably music or background noise. I could never study with music. In fact, going through school, listening to music was bad. And it wasn't encouraged. Others did. I guess you have to kind of figure that out. But typically, you want a designated space and an area where they can come home, study, learn, do homework if you actually do do homework. And if there is no homework, maybe you come up with a routine for them to do something so they can continue learning, continue studying, you know, providing resources. Maybe you get them off the technology and you provide books for them, 
You know, I know the old Britannica encyclopedia has gone away because of technology, but maybe encourage them to do some research into things that is not technology, that isn't a part of an iPad or a computer. Maybe encourage them to just read. Maybe get some books out and have them read some books. Foster a love for reading. Because the more you know, the more educated you're going to be. And it doesn't have to be a formal education. It could be a general knowledge education. It could just be reading about something, reading stories, reading children's literature, maybe some classical literature, uh, depending on the age. You know, encourage them to experience other things. Maybe it's magazines. Maybe you go out if they still have certain magazines. I know, remember, um, you used to have that Highlights magazine. And then maybe there was some other, uh, I think at one time there was like Boys Life magazine. And then there were some other type of magazines out there. Mine was always kind of like Sports Illustrated or the Sporting News. But it encouraged reading. It encouraged looking at something other than technology and consuming information that could be educational. You can learn a lot from just reading because you encourage comprehension. Maybe you sit down and you read a book together. You know, is that bedtime story that you read your child when they're a toddler? Is that bedtime story time now gone because they're older? I guess that's for you to decide, but you can always have a story time. It's never bad to read. Again, you have a time where you can have homework completion, right? Where you can sit down and help your child with homework or maybe just sit down and talk about how the day was, go through scenarios. What do you do in this situation? Or what about meeting new friends? What about inviting new students that transfer in mid-year into your group? You know, just making sure that they understand the importance of what is going on in school. Maybe ask them about what they learned and ask them in in non-yes and no questions. Make them talk. But you have to foster this communication. You have to foster it. Because if you don't foster it, you don't develop it, you don't work on it, the kids are just going to be yes, no, yes, no, and be dismissive. And the priority is going to be getting to that technology, right? And so you have to do something to make it exciting. Maybe it's going after school and getting that snack someplace every once a week, maybe on a Friday. You go get a snack someplace, um, whatever it might be. But you got to foster academics and you got to foster learning outside of the classroom, outside of the school. The other thing, too, which is I talk about this all the time, is set a high standard, set high expectations, raise the standard, raise the bar, encourage your child to strive for excellence, set realistic goals, again, realistic goals for academic achievement, celebrate the successes. We always talk about that. Set those little baby steps along the way, and then you get your rewards along the way as well. And then when things become more challenging, maybe then you have to kind of work a little bit harder, but then also let them realize that it's okay if we don't be so successful. Along the way, I learned that when you're growing up, they pushed, you know, straight A's, straight A's. And that's a good thing if you can accomplish it. A lot of people out there can accomplish straight A's, okay? Now, there's some that just slough off and don't care, and they skirt by. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is, like for me, when I got to, um, I believe it was algebra, and at this point, math became 
or went from numbers to letters and I kind of stopped caring. So it was a, a combination of both. But I got like, I think it was a C in Algebra 1. So I took Algebra 2. I got a C in Algebra 2. I figured I improved because the material supposedly got harder going from Algebra 1 to Algebra 2. My grade stayed the same because if the material got harder and I didn't improve, my grade would have slid, right? Works for me. So again, realistic expectations. When I got to college, there were classes I absolutely hated, did not even want to take, but because you have to take the the classes in the humanities and the geographies and the anthropologies and to check off all these boxes, right? The art history, which has done me nothing. I learned that, okay, if I just pass with a C in this class, that's all I need to graduate. No one has ever asked me what grade I got in art history to this day. They did ask if you have a diploma, have you graduated from college? So again, there's some realistic expectations that you could put upon yourself if you're comfortable with that, that says, I can put in this work because that's all I want to do. But over here in my areas of speciality, I'm going to do a little bit more. But again, have expectations that are in line with what you want to achieve. And maybe parents, you might need to kind of keep that in mind. Keep that in mind that, yeah, you might have been a straight-A honor roll student, but maybe your child isn't there. But that doesn't mean you can't have high expectations for them and push and challenge them to do better. Obviously, you want to model lifelong learning. What do I mean by that? Well, one of the things that I get to see teaching some uh, GED classes, parents going back to school so that they can get their GED, so that they can get their high school equivalency, so that they can tell their kids, look at I completed. I might have not been able to do it back there, but here I've been able to do it here. Or parents going back to school and getting a higher degree, maybe a master's degree or maybe a specialized certification in something, because not only does it make you better as a person, you're raising the standard, bringing out your inner greatness by achieving further academics, further education, but you're being an example to your own kids. So maybe you do something. Maybe it's not academics. Maybe it is something else, learning a skill, learning a trade, learning a language, maybe a musical instrument, whatever it is, it's learning. Maybe learning about a new sport, learning about a new culture, you're learning. And that's what you want to kind of model and amplify is that, look, at along the way in life, you're going to learn so much, it's going to be a lifelong thing. One thing that I think is kind of, I had a conversation about this not too long ago with somebody, but one thing that's kind of overlooked is extracurricular activities. Now, when we think of extracurricular activities, you might think of sports. You might think of maybe music. You might think of maybe acting, whether they have like theater arts. So you have sports, like maybe band, I guess cheer, pep squad, and maybe theater or kind of the typical extracurricular activities that people might be involved in. But what about some other things? What about like a martial arts? What about, you know, an art class? Number of things that you could do. What about volunteering someplace? Maybe at whatever. I'm not even going to recommend anything. But maybe volunteer at places. Or maybe you go visit people. Maybe you go and help others in the community, whatever it is. It could be after-school activities that are just a part of uh, giving back to the community or maybe learning something. The one thing I like about extracurricular activities, especially when it comes with sports, for example, there's teamwork, there's camaraderie, there's 
winning, there's losing. There's a lot of life lessons you can learn in sports. There's a lot of life lessons you can learn in music, a lot of education, a lot of fine arts, uh, literature, book club, geek, uh, not geek club, uh, glee club, things like that. Those are the type of things that you can learn a part of that lifelong learning thing, but extracurricular activities, positive attitude. You have to have a positive attitude towards school. Nobody wants to go to school. Nobody likes getting up in the morning and going to school. Teachers are the same way. That's just pretty much it. We have been kind of groomed to not like school. It becomes a negative thing. Oh, it's Monday. Hey, it's Friday. We're a little bit peppier, but then it's Monday. I haven't had my coffee. Don't talk to me in the morning. Oh, I got tests. Oh, I've got this meeting. Oh, I've got this professional development. And so it becomes kind of a negative thing. So one of the things that we can all do is switch our mentality, our mindset to being more positive. What can I get out of this? So push your kids into a more of a positive mindset. What can you get out of today? What can you learn from today beyond the books? What can you accomplish today? Who can you befriend today? What can you be a part of? There are a few things if I were to go back to high school that I'd probably try. Don't know if I would necessarily be successful, but I might try some things over, uh, some new opportunities, but I didn't want to at the time. And plus I was too involved in sports, but you know, there might be some other things that I might have wanted to try and just give it a shot. So it's okay to let them experience different things as long as it's moving them in a direction that is fitting whatever it is that they're interested in, what they want to do. And then, of course, parents, you got to be involved in the activities, you know, booster clubs. If you're in high school, uh, maybe whatever it is, you know, team mom, if you're at a younger age, if they still have that, maybe what, den mom, den dad, do they still have those with the Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, parent, den parent? I don't know. Um, but be involved. Be involved in school organizations. Be involved in performances. Show up. That's the big thing is show up fundraisers. Nobody likes to do fundraisers, right? You get those candy bars or whatever you have to sell and you have to sell them. But what happens usually sometimes we just cut a check and boom, we're done. And now we got a hundred candy bars sitting in the freaking cabinet that aren't going to get eaten. But Hey, the money has been raised. So we're good to go, right? No, take that opportunity to go out there and sell the candy bars Whatever it is that the fundraising opportunity is. Nowadays, we can get complacent, and it's a little bit easier with social media. Just make a post. But maybe do some creative things with that post. Whatever it is, make it an event that you and your child can enjoy together and have a memory about it. Um, I remember back in elementary school, we sold nuts. Like, you can go out and you can sell almonds and uh, walnuts, and then you had peanuts, and you had all these different kind of nuts. And you can go, and you had this long sheet that you could check off when you went to the neighbors and the family and what about the jogathons? You ever do jogathons where you would collect maybe 10 cents, 20 cents, or 25 cents for every lap you ran? And then when you got old enough, you realized that you could just request a flat donation. Hey, I'm asking 10 cents a lap. I'm going to run 10 laps. So can you just give me a buck? You know, and then you don't have to run. And then you can meet the goals to go on the school trips or to win the prizes based on the levels. Smart thinking, learning, lifelong learning. But again, be a part of those activities. Show up. Be involved. Don't just drop the kid off and pick him up. Unfortunately, 
I've seen it all too many times where parents are just absent. They're absent in their child's educational life. Why is that? I don't know. But here's the problem, okay? I've seen kids. I've been in the pickup line where you're putting kids in the cars and hopefully you get them in the right vehicle after school. And the parents show up and you're just like disappointed because you see that this child might not even really have a chance at home because the parent doesn't have the act together, doesn't have their life together. Maybe they're involved in smoking marijuana, so they're high all the time. Maybe they're involved in other things. They show up late to pick up their kid. Now they have to walk to the office, and you're sitting there waiting 20 minutes after pickup line for the parent to show up. Years ago, I was still in college, and I was working at a school as a custodian, and it was a private school. And I knew a kid that got dropped off at like 6, 6.30 in the morning and wouldn't get picked up until 6 at night. I think the uh, early morning daycare, before school daycare or whatever it is, um, I think opened at 6 or 6.30, and the kid was dropped off. And then the kid wouldn't be picked up until 6 at night. And then the mom would come in and tell the daycare workers about her day. And then after work, she would go shopping, get her nails done, do all this stuff. And it was infuriating. Come pick up your kid. Don't leave him in daycare. And then the kid would be a problem child by 4 or 5 o'clock because it was there for 12 hours a day. The kid was there, hungry, didn't have any food, probably wanted to be home, maybe had a bad day, something went wrong, whatever it was. And so they would get mad at the kid. Finally, I had to tell the daycare workers, hey, it's not the kid's fault. Why don't you tell the mom to come pick up the kid after school? Those are the type of things that are infuriating. In the pickup line, you see parents. Not all of them. Again, not a one-size-fits-all problem. But you kind of see it, and you're like, parents, wake up. You engage in an activity that produced a kid. Now you got to take care of it. And education is a way for your kid to do better than what you do. It's a gateway to a lot of things. So be involved, be there, ready to help your kid academically. And if you can't, maybe you can try to help get some uh, resources in the community, tutoring, whatever that can help your kid because education will open the doors to a lot of things that we don't realize down the road. And it's not always book education or, I mean, school education It could be book education. It could be skills education. It could be a talent or learning an instrument. Those type of things are all about learning. And those things can also open doors to a lot of opportunity down the road. So never take advantage of your child's opportunity and waste it. Value it and set your kid up for success by being there for them so that you too can be a part of their academic success and help them get ahead in life. So parents, show up and be there. Veterans, do you know any? I love the speech by Ronald Reagan when he talks about the importance of veterans. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, It was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. 
freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. Each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier. Their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Porkchop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. You know, if you don't know those places, maybe you should look them up. A part of that lifelong learning, education. Look up Bella Wood. Maybe look up the Argonne. Maybe look up Pork Chop Hill and some of these other places and educate. Because students are no longer being taught about the history of veterans and these wars. They're being taught about all kinds of woke culture and ideology and other things that have taken over our educational system. But here you've got a group of people, veterans. And when you think of the holidays, you've got Veterans Day, you've got Memorial Day. One remembers all people that served. And then one is more focused on the people that have served and have passed, whether they served and died in battle, killed in action, or maybe even they survived battle, but then they've moved on after they left the military. But the importance and the sacrifice that these soldiers have given, I think is getting to the point where we forget about it because there's so many other things that we want to praise and celebrate and put as a priority. Think recently about the Super Bowl. It was all about, you know, you had this Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing. Taylor Swift phenomena is some sort of mental illness, but people praising her. Well, you know, without these veterans, she wouldn't be able to do what she does. And could you imagine if you saw a veteran walking down the street and you gave the veteran the accolades that you give Taylor Swift? Yay, she can sing. Good for her. Travis Kelsey can catch a football. Good for him. Patrick Mahomes can throw a football. Yay. But what about the veterans that have paid the ultimate price, have sacrificed so that these people can have the freedoms to throw a football, catch a football, and sing the sold-out shows around the country and around the world, but more specifically this country, but around the world as well, because you look at the wars that we've been fighting and are still fighting and on the verge of possibly more. And it's the veterans, the soldiers, the military, even first responders. But more specifically, when it comes to veterans, if you were able to throw the accolades on a veteran like you do a Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes, wouldn't that be phenomenal? We not too long ago did a show about uh, some veterans and the problems they have and the struggle they have. But then it got to me. 
I started thinking about this. So Valentine's Day, November, I'm sorry, uh, February 14th, Valentine's Day, right? We talked about love in our last episode. But also Valentine's Day, 1968, my father was awarded a silver star for bravery for actions in Vietnam. And so he was able to save the lives of fellow soldiers, and they nominated him for a silver star bravery for actions he took that day. And every year I like to commemorate it, as I should. But then it's like, okay, that's a day. And it takes place in Black History Month. So Black History has a whole month to celebrate the history of black people in America. And that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. I think we have, I don't know, is black history and Kwanzaa the same thing? Maybe I should look that up. Lifelong education. Keep learning new things, right? But things change so much, so quickly, that I don't keep up with it all. But you have Black History Month. And then I'm sure you have other months out there. The next big thing that comes to mind is Pride Month. So why are these things months long? I looked up why Pride or maybe some reasons why Pride Month might be so long, for example. And they said, well, it allows for time for people to celebrate, allows time for parades, allows time for things to be accomplished. It just allows more time. Okay, that's fine. And then I tried to look up military. Like I said, Veterans Day, Memorial Day. Did you know that May was National Military Appreciation Month? I had no idea. Did you know that? Lifelong learning. But the point is this. It's May. Okay? May is National Military Appreciation Month. We hear nothing about it. Unless maybe you're in the military, you might hear it. But we're bombarded with Pride Month stuff. People celebrating Pride Month. TV shows about Pride. Everything is about pride, LGBT actors, LBTG, uh, LGBT, whatever. The rainbow colors flying everywhere. And yet the flag is offensive in the classroom. Standing for the Pledge of Allegiance is problematic. Why is that? Because you would not have the freedoms you have today if not for our military, our veterans, the people that have served that have fought, that have sacrificed. You would not have that. Veterans Day, a day that we celebrate veterans, a day of remembrance. A few moments ago, I placed a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier. And as I stepped back and stood during the moment of silence that followed, I said a small prayer. And it occurred to me that Each of my predecessors has had a similar moment, and I wondered if our prayers weren't very much the same, if not identical. We celebrate Veterans Day on the anniversary of the armistice that ended World War I, the armistice that began on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. And I wonder, in fact, if all Americans' prayers aren't the same as those I mentioned a moment ago. For all we can ever do for our heroes is remember them and remember what they did and memories are transmitted through words. We see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise 
We see them as something like the founding fathers, grave and gray-haired. But most of them were boys when they died, and they gave up two lives, the one they were living and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men. They gave up everything for our country, for us. And all we can do is remember. Young people. We can include young people now. That was Ronald Reagan. But I wonder if the presidents after him thought of the military in the same way. I'm not quite sure we've had a president like Ronald Reagan with his eloquence and speech remembering the veterans, remembering our military and their significance and what they mean to this country. We've talked about boys. We can even include all people now, but they two lives they've lost. The one they were living, lost in battle, in combat, and the one that they would have lived. They lost their future. They gave up everything. The least we can do is remember Remember those veterans. How can we remember veterans? What can we do for veterans? Toby Keith recently passed away. If you don't know that, he had stomach cancer, and eventually it got to him. But he would, um, not only did he write patriotic songs about military, his father was military, but he would also celebrate military uh, veterans at his shows. I got to see a show one time. And I believe it was 2019 before the pandemic. And um, he would bring military veterans onto the stage and he'd salute them, show honor to them, recognition. And so it's things like that that I like to support. You know, sports, they don't really do it much anymore. Sure, they might have this or that every once in a while, but do they really mean it? I don't know. It seems insincere to me. That's a personal opinion. But someone like Toby Keith, who lived a lifestyle of celebrating veterans. You know, that's important. But what can we do to remember our veterans? Well, the first thing we can do is just have gratitude. Gratitude that they served our country. That they put their life at risk. That they sacrificed everything. Some gave all. All gave some. So if we can express gratitude, just a simple thank you for your service, maybe a handshake, would not, that's not enough. But I'm saying that would be a good way to say thank you, to show gratitude to our veterans. Let them know we appreciate what they did because oftentimes they're forgotten. What about just honoring their sacrifice? You know, one of the things that's hard to do is to see somebody That's different than us. Maybe they're in a wheelchair. Maybe they lost a leg. Maybe they lost an arm. And we don't know what to say. We don't want to, we're uncomfortable because we don't know what to do because we don't want to upset them or offend them or put them in a bad situation. So we don't know what to do. So we don't do anything. Again, thank you for your service. One of the things that I have found out is, hey, can I ask what happened? They may say yes and tell you a story. They may say no, and you say, okay, I respect that. Just thank you for your service. You can approach them, though. 
a salute, although they might not be a, a um, officer, but something respectful. Um, realizing that, you know, a lot of these people probably still have trauma from days they were in war and combat. Maybe they've lost loved ones. Maybe they, and I'm, what I mean by they lost loved ones, maybe they were, you know, we've talked about it in our last episode, you know, the different type of loves that you have, and you can have a brotherly love for your soldiers. And so you have a loved one that was lost in battle, your brother, your comrade in arms. Maybe it's a spouse that lost somebody. Maybe two people were serving in the military together and you lost a significant other. So lost loved ones, injuries, trauma, mental health. There's a lot of things that they go through. And so you have to remember that just honoring their sacrifice is why we need to celebrate veterans and should probably have it more of a focus and an emphasis on society today. The other thing too is, you know, when we honor veterans and we talk to veterans and, you know, I've had a couple of veterans on, including my father talking on the, the show, a former classmate of mine, Cliff Slyke in the military, um, a few others probably need to get some more on. I'd love to get some more on, but it preserves history. You know, they hold the firsthand accounts of what went on in those wars and those conflicts. They remember everything that happened, the lessons. You hear a different story when you talk to veterans than you do if you just listen to the mainstream media or any media for that matter. You know, when we support our veterans, we're supporting their well-being. Last time we had a a conversation about veterans. We talked about their mental health issues and how they end up homeless and on the streets and have a hard time finding jobs. But just by supporting veterans, maybe we support veterans own businesses. Maybe we do whatever we can. You talked about, you know, volunteering after school. What can we do for after school extracurricular activities when we're talking about education? Maybe you take your kids and you go to the VA. You just talk with veterans. Maybe volunteer there. Maybe volunteer at a veterans association, whatever it might be. Maybe you do something with veterans. Veteran Day is coming up. Maybe you march in the parade. Maybe you go to the parade and just say thank you. You show support. Maybe you try to be an advocate for health care. Maybe for employment opportunities. Maybe for furthering their education. Maybe you volunteer to be a tutor. Use your knowledge to help veterans. Maybe you run errands for them. Maybe go to the store and go shopping, whatever it might be. Maybe you do something to help them. And not only that, maybe maybe plan an event to bring them together. You foster a community of veterans, a sense of unity, because that's what that camaraderie is what the veterans and the military was about. At the end of, I believe it was We Were Soldiers, there's a scene with a, a guy pushing his buddy in a wheelchair, and the narrator's talking. And they're talking about being there for each other. That's the whole point of it. Being there with your brothers, your comrades. And so building that unity again. I think one of the biggest healing tools came about when social media started to connect veterans together. You know, you're able to connect with fellow soldiers. And you're able to talk about and reminisce and just talk about the experiences and reconnect. I think that had a lot of healing. For a lot of people, 
to be able to connect. And now they get together maybe once, twice, three times a year. Or on special days, they're reaching out to each other. Happy birthday. Remember this day. You know, this was a tough day in Vietnam, and we all remember it. It's that community. It's that unity that they long for. Maybe you help foster that. Maybe you inspire future generations that want to serve our country. And there's many ways you can serve the country. If military and going overseas is not your thing, there's other ways you can serve this country. But basically, if we are to remember our veterans, as we should, and make it a priority, because we need to recognize their contributions. Some gave all. Some died for this country. So you have the freedoms to paint your hair green, purple, orange, whatever. A lot of countries you can't do that. So you can marry whoever. So you can pretty much do anything you want to do. Because soldiers died. Because the military went and took action. Because we have people that were willing to sacrifice everything to give us the freedoms that we have today. And so, yeah, when we sit there and we think about Black History Month, think about Pride Month and all the other months, and sure, there might be National Military Appreciation Month, which is the month of May that nobody really seemed to know about. Maybe we should make it more of a priority. Put veterans first. Make them feel like the war heroes that they are. Make them feel like they're appreciated for what they gave up. Their families, what they gave up. I mean, we think about the veterans and those that have lost their lives. What are the families? What about the kids that don't have a father, don't have a mother because they were lost at war? There's a lot out there that we can do if we really wanted to. There was a, uh, when my grandmother died a number of years ago, we were sitting around as a family talking. I remember my cousin talking about her grandmother, how she loved the parades, Veterans Day parades, and she'd be there. And I guess when you wear like a pearl necklace for my grandmother, I guess that was something very special. You wore for special occasions. And so my cousin was telling us this as she remembers her, our grandmother getting dressed up, wearing her pearls, getting her hair done, going to the parades, waving the flag, thanking the soldiers for what they've done. And just being there, very patriotic. I remember my grandmother being very, very patriotic. Her family is very patriotic. But I remember that story that she was telling us, reminiscing about our grandmother. And it's very important. And that image of my grandmother sitting there, or maybe standing there on the street, you know, waving, saying thank you, is pretty significant, pretty profound. And I will always remember that. And then having my father and hearing about him and what he did and the stories that he has told about his time in war, in battle, and winning the Silver Star, a true American hero. I mean, that's important to recognize. And that's why I, every at least every February 14th and on other days, try to recognize the fact of what he did, the sacrifices that he made. Because... Thank God he survived that day. It was a pretty brutal day. And there's a, a podcast episode that I did with him a couple years ago. Recently played a clip on my social media. But there are some things that went down that day and during the war. He could have easily been lost. Thank God he was uh, spared. 
And he always talks about the, the three guys that he lost under his command. But the lives he saved that day and what they have gone on to be, that's important. It's important to recognize that. And there are endless amounts of people still living that have stories to tell like that, that are heroes, that are there because they wanted to serve their country. You think of Pat Tillman, who gave up an NFL career so that he could go serve in the military. And he gave his life for this country after 9-11 because he wanted to serve. He thought serving this country was more important than an NFL career. I have to ask, do you think Travis Kelsey would do that? Do you think Taylor Swift would do that? And if I'm honest, I would have to say no. Now, there's a lot of good things celebrities can do. Remember USO and Bob Hope? So I don't want to knock him. But I think society today is a lot more narcissistic and different. And putting country first. You know, I think it's like the military, maybe the Marines. God, country, core. It's more like me, myself, and I, and then whatever else I feel like doing. That's where we are in society. And you can look all across the board and see that. But the one area, the one group of people that really aren't like that. Now, some of them might be a little egotistical because, man, they're badasses. What they've gone through, what they've survived, what they've experienced. Yeah. They might have a little narcissism to them, a little badassness to them. They've earned it. But they will be sacrificial. They will put others first over themselves because that was their training. That's what they were taught to do. And that is what was inside them. That was on their heart, was being sacrificial with their lives, serving the military, serving our country, serving you and me so that we have the freedoms that we have today. So whenever you're out there bitching about whatever it is, your civil rights of whatever, whatever rights you're arguing, whatever rights you're doing, whatever, okay? Granted, you have the ability to do that because of veterans. The rights you have and the rights you think you have because the veterans. Everything we have today, the veterans, our military, people that have gone to war and fought, people that are still in the military today and future military members, they're the reasons why we have the freedoms we have today. Because if we did not have soldiers go out there and fight, who knows what would happen and where we would be today? Who knows what we'd be doing, what freedoms we may or may not have today. You can look all around the world and you can see different countries, not a lot of people with some freedoms that you and I enjoy today. Especially those that might be in more of those dictator regime countries. Don't have the freedoms we have today. But we can thank veterans and we can do that by showing our gratitude, honoring their sacrifice, preserving their history, supporting their well-being, building unity and community with them, and then inspiring future generations so that we can continue to have the country that we have today. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. 
Check out our website, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. Lots of stuff to do there. But you can click on the show logo, and all of our shows pop up. We've got video shows. You can click on the uh, video, and it'll play. It's linked to our Rumble account, but we're also on YouTube as well. There's an orange banner that cuts across the center of the page. If you click on that, it takes you to our SoundCloud account. It's an audio version. You can download it and take it with you on the go. You can also listen anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartMedia, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, all those other ones, Edify. You can also just internet search, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and our show pops up, or Hey Siri, Hey Google, Hey Alexa, play TWO. Two Steps Ahead podcast, and our episode pops up. So we're easy to find. You can check out our social media at Two Steps Ahead podcast, whether it's Instagram or Facebook. You can direct message me in those uh, social media platforms, or you can just send me an email at Two Steps Ahead podcast at gmail.com, Two Steps Ahead podcast at gmail.com, and I will respond. So we're pretty easy to find, and um, we encourage you to reach out. Let us know what you think. If you have a veteran you think might be interested in talking, let me know. Love to talk to them. Whatever it might be, if you need to talk to somebody but you don't know where to turn, life has struggles, and you don't know where to turn what to do. If I personally can't help you, I might know people that can help you. So whatever the case may be, if you need to reach out for whatever reason, reach out and let me know. And then, of course, we can go from there as to depending on the situation. But again, just be appreciative of life because a lot of people have sacrificed for us to be here. Appreciate every moment of life and be a part of your kid's education as well because it requires you to be there for them to be successful. That's at the preschool, nursery, elementary, middle school, high school, and even college, even though we kick them to the curb when they become 18, 19, 20, off to college, they're on their own, they need you. The college years are just as important as any other time in their life. So be there for them. Two Steps Head Podcast, I'm signing them. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.